This is the first episode in a special series of The Producers, Agricultured 2023, a series celebrating the farmers and produce of Northwestern Tasmania. These stories come from Karnamaluka, the Tamar River in Lutruwita. In five conversations, we celebrate small farmers caring for both land and community. A cattle farmer, a cheesemaker, veggie growers and a winemaker. Along the way, you'll hear how strong local food systems and ethical farming do much more than create delicious food. They also benefit the farmers themselves, people eating at home and in restaurants and the earth as a whole. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. From good dirt comes good beef. That's the motto at Glen Torrey Pastures, where Pippa Mills grows black Angus beef for the local market. The farm is a deliberately small family enterprise run with sustainability and accountability to the land, to customers, to the next generations, to the world we share at front of mind. Uh, so I'm Pippa Mills and I'm part of the team of, at Glen Torrey Pastures. We're a, an Angus beef farm that breeds and finishes black Angus cattle in the northwest of Tasmania. Northwest Tassie is beautiful, lush green hills, um, lots of pockets of trees, which is really, it's a very nice place <laughs> to live right on the coast. Um, so our, our cows get paddocks with views of the ocean, which is a bit spoiled. Um, and we farm over three properties with my brother, my mum and my dad and myself. Um, and we're all kind of within shouting distance, basically. The cows can walk between two of the properties and the other one's only a seven-minute drive away. So nice and close, but it gives us the opportunity to split the operation into um, to different sections, which is really helpful. So the main two farms are for breeding. That's where the, the big girls have their babies and they know the paddock so well. They're just, they're just waiting for you to open the next gate. They know exactly where they're going. <laughs> and then um, over at my place, we finish and fatten. So I get the, the babies and grow them up into lovely, quiet, big, tasty <laughs> animals. Yeah, so we're not huge. We only have 100 um, breeding animals. Um which can sound like a lot, but in, in terms of cattle farms, particularly on the northwest, that's quite small. It means that we can stay quite manageable and sustainable. We, we have paddocks that are resting for, um, for at least 120 days in between grazing, which is really nice. Um, it's, yeah, there was the, the thought that we could get a bit bigger, but it's being sustainable was the... the the better choice we all felt it wasn't worth pushing the the ground and the the ecosystem. Pippa grew up on a goat farm in New South Wales. Life as a farm kid was great but it was hard arid land and seemed to have increasingly limited potential. Her parents made a big decision which changed all their lives. Uh, well, mum and dad are kind of climate refugees. We grew up in New South Wales farming angora goats um, and as mum, well, as I was a teenager, where there was less and less rain and it was harder and harder and the temperatures would get over 40 every summer, um, whereas when mum started farming, that wasn't the case. 
So they were looking for a lovely, quiet retirement on the northwest of Tassie <laughs> and then um, came down and, and got a passion for cows and cattle and what you could do down here in this amazing climate. So starting with a farming journey in really hard, kind of arid <laughs> arid um, land up there, it, it really helped us realise that the potential that was here. So then when my brother and I moved down with our young families, um, it felt like a really easy choice to um, to join in on that lifestyle, to have our children knowing where their food came from and how to look after um, animals and themselves in a, in a way that was good for the environment. So many farmers in Northwest Tassie have had circuitous journeys into life as a grower and producer. What called Pippa back to the land? My first um, degree and I, my love is, is with painting and art. I did graphic design when I was at uni. Um, and it was really when I had my first child in, in um, rural New South Wales that I went, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is some crazy scheme that it's like, I want my kids to be able to jump over hay bales and have chickens and roosters and all of the things. Um, so it's, it's just kind of grown on us as a realisation. My brother was a bit the same. He began as a, a builder and then an excavator driver. Um, and then with his children, he's like, this is a lifestyle that, that I can see the benefits for our kids. So it's kind of lovely for mum and dad to be able to see that pass through generations. Managing family dynamics in generational farms can be as tricky as managing land and livestock. How does Pippa's family deal with the challenges? So working with family, I think, is always challenging because there's this openness where you do say <laughs> anything and everything, um, and yet there's the, the understanding that you'll always be there. Um, we do a lot of talking about what the, the vision and the long-term goals are because we're all very strong-minded people and <laughs> have our own ideas of how things should be done. Um, and it's been kind of nice um, as we've all kind of stepped into different roles, really, to to have something that we take responsibility for. Um, and I think it's the farm has always been mum's um, and she's in some ways found it really hard but in other ways she said that she's found it really nice that she can start to set, step back and um, let some of those decisions pass on to us which has been nice so my brother now does a lot of the um, the decisions around the cattle movements and um, and that that management there and I am in charge of the customer orders and um, and that marketing side of things which it's um, it gives us the the opportunity to have that collaboration and the talk and to make sure we're all on the same page still but the independence to to feel like we're doing our our bit. The philosophy at Glentory Pastures is about working with the land for its benefit and with an eye on the long term. It's not about extraction, it's a relationship and a responsibility. We're there as custodians of the land. I really love that 
that idea that we're there to take care of it, not to, um, it's not ours to, to use and get what we can out of it. Our understanding is that it should always be better off, that we build more habitat and more ecosystem and that the animals we farm there have to play a role in that. Um, so if you just have lovely paddocks full of grass, you actually need someone to graze that to come through to make that a habitat for other animals. The birds and things won't be there if, um, if the grass is just left. So a, a grazing animal in an ecosystem works really well, but you have to manage that well. Um, so replanting trees, um, nature strips and corridors of, of untouched in between. Um, so they, we came across the idea, I think it was in Canada, they have these lovely wildflower strips in between their paddocks. I was like, oh, we can do that in our, our tree sections where we've got lovely strips um, where we've put trees along we can leave that there and deliberately put some native seeds and things back through and in between the weeds we see it where they pop up these little orchids and things and it's it's just wonderful um at the same time we do have trees areas where the cattle can graze underneath and are protected particularly when they're calving um so then they, they use that that ecosystem there and it's much more open. It's not a dense forest, um, but it gives them protection and it then puts lots of cow poo and wee <laughs> back into that. So when they're not carving, because obviously they only do that once a year, that whole area just springs back to life because it's been fed um, by all of those nutrients that come back through. So the idea is that the animals have to play a role in the system um, and that if we overstock, we tip out that balance. So as managers of the, the ecosystem and the land, it's really important that, I mean, it would be lovely just to have everything smooth sailing and golden days and nothing ever die or nothing, but nature itself is a, a balance and in in that you have life and death, you have birth and death, and it's um it's really important that we help keep that balance. Um, and that's when we started going direct to market with our beef boxes, um, we knew we wanted to communicate that what we were doing on farm was not just commercial cattle. Um, and I I was very conscious that telling that story had to be part of um, why I was doing it. I My son had read that um, the cows were killing the planet <laughs> and because of the, the methane and the carbon. Um, and I... I sat there and I, I took him around the paddocks and went, this is how we do things differently. If we overstock, if we tip the balance just for us to be greedy, then that won't, that, that does kill the planet. But what we do on our little patch here is really important. Um, and it, it made me realise that there's so much media, so much talk around 
the hype, the, the, it's good to have a, a story that gets everybody's notice. But nobody's sitting there and saying there are farmers out there that really care about their land. And I felt that that was one thing that we could do with our, with our story. Telling the story of Glen Torrey to the people who eat its products is a crucial part of the farm's project. Pippa explains how she's spreading the message. Farmers, even cattle farmers, can be part of the climate solution. That relationship with customers has been so rewarding for us. Um, and it was something that I, I don't think the rest of my family fully anticipated. Um, when we go to market and we have people come back again and again saying it's amazing and we have this lovely little grass stand that, that shows the roots and things that and how that carbon cycle works, drawing down um, the, the carbon dioxide into the roots that feeds, that makes the sugars, that feeds the grass, that feeds the cow. They suddenly go, oh my gosh, it is a cycle, it's a system. Um, and you could see that realisation on my dad's face. He just went, this is why it works, because people need to hear that. They need to understand. Um, and they, they get that from us talking to them. So social media has been really helpful, but I found it very hard. We're, we're not a very showy family. We're not out there for public glory or anything like that. Um, so sharing what felt like very personal stories on social media was always harder. Um, sharing things face-to-face -face has been a lot easier for us. So we started direct-to-customer. Um, that was just locally selling beef boxes. Um, we then went through a couple of business incubator courses that was really, really helpful um, and we expanded a bit. We now supply through the Tasmanian Produce Collective, which is an amazing collective of like-minded producers, all small scale, really, really future conscious. Um, and at that stage, we still, we, we very much any approaches to restaurants had been, oh, we just like the sirloin or we'll just take your beef cheeks. And it's like, but every animal only has two cheeks and there's the whole rest of the animal that would go to waste. It doesn't doesn't make sense to us um, for, for our values to not respect the rest of that animal. It's just as good to eat. Um, it, and we found it really hard because restaurants wouldn't see the potential and have the rest of the animal on menu. Um, and that was until we came across um, grain and we met them through Kim and Dan at Falkett Farm and meeting Thomas, having him come out to the farm and really understand what we did. And he then turned around and said, no, we'll, we'll take whole sides. There's not one part of your animal that is not good to eat. We'll use the marrow bones. We'll, use, we'll make stock from the rest. And I just went, wow, that's... I'm not sure if it's his heritage, he's grown up, but he understands that that it's important um, to be sustainable and respectful from the get-go, like from, from their side of things. Um, and to have our beef showcased last week at, at Agriculture, um, to have it be the shin and the shank and the chuck, which are just such underrated cuts <laughs> in terms of um, 
your typical restaurant fair was fantastic. It again, those conversations that we had at the table were um, were amazing. Really facilitated good, good, honest conversations. When you go to so much trouble to farm, you hope that it pays off in flavour. What do Pippa's customers tell her about the taste of her beef? The fact that we don't use um, synthetic fertilisers on our grass and we use a really holistic, natural approach um, affects the flavour and the, the eatability of the meat. So when we first started, I knew we had a special product, but the feedback we got when we first started talking to customers that had, that had ordered our first round of beef boxes, they were like, this is beef that tastes like when I grew up. This is not a wishy-washy kind of half flavour. It's real beef and it comes through singing and it's... It's really lovely when people go, oh, it doesn't give me a headache. It just tastes like beef, like my gran used to make. Like, And it kind of brings back that sentimental side of, of eating real food. Um, and that, that was a really lovely aspect that, we, that I hadn't considered, um, that people would be able to taste the difference of the way we farm. It makes sense that farmers need to follow rules, but it can be hard for small producers to get to market and stay viable. What changes would Pippa like to see in the supply chain and the way value is communicated? I'm not sure where to start there. There are a lot of regulations in Tasmania um, and the meat industry as a whole makes it very difficult to um, to stay consistent you have to be very on top of your product and where it's going because it has to pass through many different hands along that process um, and to build the relationships with those those people is really important um, I would love to make it easier for small sustainable producers to be heard and to have their product get to market um, at a, a price point that makes a difference to them. It's really hard when some food is so undervalued. And I understand that families are looking for cheaper ways to feed feed themselves. But that also cuts into to what the farmer then gets paid. Um, and when the farmer has to look for outside work, that cuts into the amount of effort, quality and and time that is then spent looking after that habitat and that ecosystem on farm. And it um, it's a juggle and a struggle. Asking a farmer about a typical day isn't always the smartest question. Farming changes with seasons, weather and the rhythms of animals. So what's today been like for Pippa? Uh, well, this morning started off pretty well. <laughs> we're, uh, we're just finishing calving, so we've got 73 calves on the ground. Um, and it was cool and crisp. We had a lot of rain overnight, so it was a bit slippery underfoot. But the sun is out and there's kind of this lovely fresh smell everywhere. And 
the big girls, they know what to do. So they're actually waiting at the gate <laughs> for their little cows to, to get a near tag and head through to the green pasture. And um, it's just, yeah, it's, it makes you go, this is, this is a lovely life. Pippa grew up with goats, so she's still confronted by the size of her Black Angus cattle. What does she want us to know about the beasts that build her business? <laughs> They're big. <laughs> so growing up with Angora goats, who were you know, lovely size to be able to, to catch quite easily, cows are big. 600 kilos of mama cow looking at you um, can be a little bit daunting. They are beautifully natured. Angus, black Angus have a reputation of being a bit feisty, um, but it, to us, that just means you have to treat them with a little more respect. So you never put yourself between a mum and her calf. Um, very conscious that that she is in charge of that baby. Um, they're very smart. They learn things very quickly. So if you approach them quietly and calmly every time, then they always expect safety when you're around. And... Um, they know where to go. Goodness, they, yeah, they. we have a, a lovely rotation on the farms and they just go, yeah, that's the gate that's going to open. I'll wait at that one. Um, yeah, they, they're a really lovely, gentle animals to work with, even the bulls. Um, we do pick and breed genetically for temperament um, to make sure that as mum and dad get older, their safety is <laughs> ensured because we don't want animals that are very quick to snap and have a, a cranky personality. Um, but they're, they're just lovely things. And the calves bouncing around. <sighs> we think of lambs bouncing and jumping and, and gambling. Calves do the same thing and they've just got the most gorgeous gangly legs. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun to see them run and play together. Farming this way is emotional and meaningful. So when Pippa has a connection with people who get it, it makes a real difference. Sending beef to a restaurant like Grain of the Silos in Launceston not only makes a difference to her family farm in a commercial sense, it's an affirming step towards changing the world in ways that are urgent and necessary. It makes me very proud of what we do on farm. It also makes me very grateful. I feel <sighs> it, it feels like a privilege to have someone um, at that level because I grain of silos is it, it feels <sighs> I'm trying to find the words at um really gives me hope for the future because we need everyone to recognise and to eat sustainably. And if they can do it at that level in a big restaurant and say we're not being forced to pump out 45 eye fillets because you only get 20 from one cow, like it's, it's really, it means so much, honestly. I really feel... At the moment, we're on the edge of a fairly big climate crisis. To have something that feels like a positive action that I can do, that I can talk about, that's been important 
to our family for a long time and to be able to share that um, is, is, gives you a sense of, of empowerment that, that it's not hopeless. Um, as I said, we've got children, um, my nephews and, and my children that are coming up in the world and they, they're looking at it going, well, we can still make a difference. It's not just the doom and gloom that we hear in the news. And they can see that our farm can be a sustainable business by having different enterprises on the farm and the beef boxes being part of that, by having a marketplace that recognises the value of what we do, it gives our whole family and the people that work on the farm a, a future, honestly. And it, it is, like that makes it sound really big and emotional, but that's what it comes down to. That's our livelihood. It's... Yeah, it's really important. I love being able to work with my family. I love having days that are different and challenging. There's always something new to be thinking about. Um, I love being able to be in nature while we do it. Pippa Mills is farming from the heart. Glenn Torrey's regeneratively farmed Angus beef is her way of being accountable, positive and bold. Cattle farming is a livelihood and the beef is delicious, but it's also an answer to her children who are in no doubt about what their mum is doing to make the world a better place. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.